Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again if you call out, you could get a piece of Big Kissel's moldy, mildewy bathroom towel. That's right. Only fourteen ninety nine for Ben Kissel's moldy bathroom towel. towel. Yeah, he doesn't have a towel. That, that's <laughs> true. Mike, roommate Mike is very upset when the floor is just covered in water. He comes and tells me about it. I say, why don't you go tell Ben about it? There's nothing I can do. All right. We all put on our flip-flops and our galoshes. <laughs> And we go into Ben Kissel's bathroom. Back to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Is that, a, is that a new segment? That's a new segment. Ben Kissel's bathroom. Ben Kissel's bathroom, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. This is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Today's guest, he was just uh, he just spent the weekend at the Libertarian Convention. Sounds absolutely remarkable. Pleasure to have him with us. You've seen his work on Viceland, Travis Irvine. Hey, great to be back. Ain't no party like a libertarian party. <laughs> no, Let me it tell d- you. we just watched the video of this fellow Weeks. Is his last yeah, name? James Weeks. James Weeks. Uh, he stripped naked Ugh. at the convention. Almost naked. He was wearing uh, a thong, and he's he's very fat, so <laughs> yeah, it left him very little to the imagination. So that's one of the subtle differences between this and the RNC and the DNC <laughs> is that there's there's a good chance that an overweight man will get nude. Right. Well, the RNC they get nude in the private bedrooms uh later right. after after the, they don't do it on tv i'm told that's <laughs> yes. one of the key differences specifically on c-span by the way which that was the hottest thing c-span has ever seen oh jesus christ so this guy james week so this was during uh now what was he running for so because this is actually during the convention this, this, is, this was a, this was like a serious Political event. Yes, Sunday. This was on. This <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. Keyword was. This was on Sunday when we nominated Gary Johnson in the morning, and then we were literally right. waiting for the nomination of Bill Weld, former governor of Massachusetts. Yes. And of course, Gary Johnson has been on your show mm-hmm. before. Great interview there. And we're gonna get into why some libertarians don't like Bill Weld here in a second because yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around their complete and utter disapproval of this guy who seems rational. Right. Exactly. So we're waiting for the votes to be counted on the second ballot because Bill Weld did not win on the first ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, we started to hear speeches from the chairman candidates. That means, you know, kind of like Debbie Wasserman Schmutz and Reinch Priebisch. <laughs> That's right. Um, we have a chair, and we have right. a very nice chair, Nicholas Sarwak uh, from uh, Colorado, Maryland. He's a great guy, and he's running for re-election. There's three people running against him. One of them is James Weeks. So there's some misnomers right. in the reporting that James Weeks bum-rushed the stage and, and stripped. No, he was running for chair of the party, they gave him five minutes, and he goes up there and says, you know, we've had a lot of fun here today, and uh, I think it's time we have a little fun. What the <laughs> hell is he talking about? Well, he wants to add some more fun on the fun. He pulls the microphone out, and he, he starts playing music from his phone. And at this point, you know, I've, I'm there. It's it's uh, it's already a hectic Sunday. Right. Gary Johnson didn't win on the first ballot either. Now you he were won saying, on the second ballot. You were saying at this point in the convention, you were actually about to exit the stage area. You yeah, think that everything is kind of, uh, thought, you know, yeah, done? Yeah, I was like, okay, it's so the chairman's speeches, and this this guy's obviously not going to win, so there's nothing really for me to report on here. So I go up to uh, – I head out to head to one of the hospitality rooms for a beer. And then as I'm going there, people just start running past me, just like, oh, what? and then I'm like, what's going on? They're like, some guy's getting naked on stage. He's getting naked on the stage. <laughs> it's on national TV. We look like idiots. <laughs> you did. So, yeah. so and I, they did. I run back in, and uh, by that point, James Weeks is fully off stage uh, with some of his clothes back on, and security is escorting him out. And uh, I love it. He's uh, the one thing that he's I hear him mumbling is uh, I think I left my credentials uh, on the podium. Could someone 
grab him for me. And let me tell you, no one grabbed those credentials for no. him. I think, and I think he was not able to get back in. I think it's actually more of a symbolic, I think I left my credentials on stage, than the actual <laughs> tangible credentials themselves. I will say. It reminds me of the beginning of Howard Stern's private parts mm-hmm. after he does Fart Man and he's walking backstage of the MTV Movie Awards. And he's like, all these people think I'm a jackass. Yeah. I, I'm no. just trying to be an entertainer. Yeah, well, and that's what's funny about James Weeks. You can see in the C-SPAN video, like, everyone starts booing him at some point, right? Right. Where they're just, uh, you know, at first, I think, when he's clapping and he's playing the music, people are like, okay, this is just going to be like a Could fun be speech. fun. Because yeah. we had fun speeches. Mark Allen Feldman, one of our presidential <laughs> candidates, was rapping. Um, uh, he had a video where he rapped. And then at the, his final statement in the presidential debate against Gary and Austin Peterson mm-hmm. and John McAfee, which there's plenty of more to we'll talk about that. there, <laughs> um, Feldman's rapping, and it was great. It was like a fun rap, and everyone loved it. So mm-hmm. I think everyone initially thought Weeks was going to do something like that. And then you can hear about halfway through when they realize he's about to take off his shirt, you right. just hear people like, no, no, If you actually replace the audio footage from the crowd of wa- that was watching uh, Mr. Weeks strip with the same crowd that watched Bud Dwyer kill himself. And the camera zooms in very slowly. <laughs> yeah. So that was some of the fun shenanigans that happened here uh, there in uh, at the Libertarian Convention. But let's get to the in, in reality, this is an important convention for the Libertarian Party. They're mm-hmm. polling at 10% right now. Mm-hmm. N- never Hillary, never Trump, or real active movements. If you are never Hillary, you're never Trump. Theoretically, you're looking at uh, Gary Johnson as a viable choice. So, Travis, why do you think this year is so important for the Libertarian Party? Getting rid of the idea, getting rid of the fact that somebody did strip on their stage. Let's just call that, we'll call that, you know, just a, a fun a ker- moment. A kerfuffle? It's a kerfuffle. Yeah. It's a kerfuffle. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it, it's like when Clint East would talk to the chair. Yeah. You know? But yes, in this yes, case, yes, it yes. was just. Didn't the Republicans know. lose that one? They did lose that one. <laughs> they did lose they that did, one. So, yes. It's like when the Michigan governor, uh, Jennifer uh, Grom, Grizzle? Yeah, something like Gr- Granholm. Granholm, yeah. yeah. She went uh, crazy on the stage because she was uh, drunk and making a very passionate speech every convention right. has that moment right so two things were trending uh, on twitter mm-hmm. and facebook from our from our convention i think we can all guess what the first one is um <laughs> yes. and, and the second chris farley returns from the grave to <laughs> yeah, dance at the right. libertarian convention <laughs> yeah yeah is that henry zabrowski <laughs> um and then uh, the second thing of course is the realistic uh as you said the the, the reality that we did nominate two former two-term right republican governors gary johnson from new mexico and his vp choice bill weld from massachusetts mm. now um this is a big deal because you know the the never trump the never hillary movement mm-hmm. um you know presumptive nominee hillary clinton obviously still has a ton of detractors a uh, high like unlikeability uh, absolutely rating. and trump is in the in, in the same boat mm-hmm. um and people are looking for an alternative so yeah, now, especially with trump having no government experience like that's part of his appeal but for a lot of the mm-hmm. never trumpers they're like well wait a minute you should have some government experience Enter Gary Johnson, eight-year governor of New Mexico, a blue state. He entered with uh, a huge budget deficit. He turned it around, yep. um, created a surplus. He eliminated jobs uh, from the government. He vetoed more bills than any of the other governors in, at that time combined. Yep. And what's fascinating is Gary's uh, plea to the delegates, the uh, half of them being insane, half of them being rational delegates of the Libertarian Party, mm-hmm. Um, was that um, when Gary became governor of New Mexico in 95, Bill Weld was his his role model that he looked up to because Bill Weld was this essentially socially liberal governor of Massachusetts. He was very fiscally conservative, kind of like Gary. He cut down the budget, the, the state budget, eliminated state jobs. Um, but at the same time, he was okay with gay marriage. He was okay with medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. He was okay with uh, uh, a woman's right to choose. Well, let's and, talk. And let me yeah. just say that Bill Weld famously then lost a U.S. ambassadorship because Senator Jesse Helms was mm. like, "We're never going to um, uh, put this pro-gay, pro-pot, pro-abortion guy. We're not going to send him." To an ambassadorship. So the so, Republican Party moved away from his positions. Yeah, and keep in mind, this is in the yeah. 90s, you know, when, when yeah, it was still completely foreign uh, to Republicans to be even remotely socially liberal. So we'll talk about Gary Johnson here in a second. But when I interviewed him, uh, he kept on talking about how it, the game's changed. Bill Weld's on the ticket. It's the biggest deal right. that's ever happened. Right. But it seems uh, interesting that the libertarians themselves, true hardcore libertarians who are literally, they're against license plates. 
You know, like really? they have a whole. They're, they're against driver's licenses. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> against one, driver's licenses. <laughs> they're against so much stuff. But I mean, to yeah. their point, it, it, it is the idea of a uh, of a driver's license. Right. It is a little bit of a government overreach. Right. If you remember a time when we didn't have them. Yeah, right. it's a bit of a government overreach. <laughs> <It's laughs> to ensure that there'd be people driving the two-ton death machines know how to use them. <laughs> what happened to you, Grandma? <laughs> hey, Grandma. <laughs> it's two-ton death machine. <laughs> two-ton death. On the road. Grandma. It's an on. <laughs> Grandma parks. It's a tractor. <laughs> so that's what. What is interesting is that was one of the questions during the presidential debates. Yes. Um, because yeah, libertarians basically, you know, it's a purest libertarian mindset. If you know how to drive, why do you need the government? You know, a license from the government that says it's okay for you to drive. Sure. Gary Johnson, I thought, had a very rational answer. He was like, "What if we ban? Because it was literally like, uh, should we ban driver's licenses?" Was the question, <laughs> yeah, which is right? remarkable. And so Gary Johnson, um, so uh, Gary Johnson, basically, says like, "What well, well, if if we don't? Then blind people would be driving." And it was like, it's a very rational response. But right. he, I assure you, got booed for the response. I'm sure, like the man who stripped on stage. But what is it about Bill Weld specifically that the libertarians yeah. feel? Uh, you know, because you were telling me last night, some people think it's uh, nefarious. Some people people think he's a Republican plant to take down the ticket. Yeah, well, and yeah, we can get so into why? that. Well, on the surface, I mean, first of all, when Gary, in one of the debates on the, the first nights of the convention, Thursday night debate, when Gary, when he was asked about why Bill Weld, um, he said, well, because Bill Weld's the original libertarian. Booze just rain in from the audience, and but again, in, why though? In, but well, again, in Gary's mind, Bill Weld was like the first socially liberal Republican governor uh, in the '90s, right? That Gary looked up to. But the the crowd uh, was just pissed because Bill Weld is not technically he was a Republican. He wasn't technically a libertarian. People were like, "That's a disgrace." Yeah, but what was the Libertarian Party in the '90s? Did it even exist? It, it did, and you know, it's existed. The, Existed since December 1971, and that's what people are upset about. Like, that's a disgrace to the memory of David Nolan, the, one of the guys who founded the party who is now uh, deceased. Um, and, you know, people are like, well, no, Bill Weld is not the original libertarian at all. Mm. And here are the key points where people disagree with Bill Weld. They say that he's a statist, right? You can look at, again, if you're governor of Massachusetts, you probably have a bunch of laws that you got enforced. So they're just mad that he even had to do that. Okay. Um, but now he, he's a governor. member of the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, which, of course, is a very pro-interventionalist uh, foreign policy think group, right? Sure. And then uh, Bill Weld's anti uh, – he's got gun control stances that the libertarians disagree with. In fact, that was one of uh, Weld's VP uh, opponents. That was his question to Weld was, hey, I've got this AK-47. Are you okay with that? And Bill Weld – had to kind of tiptoe around the answer and just be like, uh, I mean, uh, you, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, history is littered with uh, examples where it's okay to have a gun. So Something it just like seems that. like three sort of... Um, yeah, it's it, not huge deals. and Not big ones. I yeah. mean, the gun control stance, I guarantee you, I'm sure that he is not going to be taking away people's guns or at least, uh, and, I mean, and definitely not even proposing such an idea. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and may I just say that no... There, I don't think. I mean, there are okay. There are pure libertarians in the party okay. that literally will say, "I've been a libertarian since this age," and they just believe in every single aspect of the philosophy. But that's a philosophy. I don't think anyone in the political party agrees with everything in the political party's platform. Austin Peterson, one of Gary's uh, top opponents, mm -hmm. is pro-life. Who but now, of course, Mary Melkin uh, supported. Yeah, yeah, she did. The the wife of James Carville, the longtime Republican, she, after Trump got nominated, she switched her party to the Libertarian uh, to the Libertarian Party and endorsed this Austin Peterson guy. Who, by the way, uh, he hits on a lot of women. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's got uh, sticky fingers. Oh, well, he's, <laughs> gross guy. He's very public on podcasts and everything, saying, uh, and and this is a quote uh, that he gets uh, pyramid piles of pussy. That's what he, <laughs> That's what he says. Which I don't even understand how that would work. I but, don't understand yeah, okay. either, but I think everyone's very interested. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, these Libertarians. Candace, they got loose lips. They got loose lips. Yeah, they lips. definitely, yeah. And but, we all know that those sink hips <laughs> into yeah. uh, pyramid piles of pussy. Well, as far as like uh, Bill Weld's other pass goes, I mean, Trump hit him a little bit because Weld came in and said that made the whole crystal knocked uh, comment. Yeah, he said that uh, he hears the glass crunching on crystal knock in the ghettos of Warsaw and Vienna when Trump talks about his immigration policy. Mm -hmm. But Trump right. fired back and he said, 
I don't talk about his alcoholism, so why should? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why so not? Why, yeah. why would he talk about my foolishly perceived uh, fascism? And, and uh, Bill Well does enjoy an odd bit of the drink. Yeah, well, I'm sure, well, that, and that's yeah. a good thing for him. But now, do that, they- that was brought up in the post-nomination press conference with Bill and Gary, where someone like was like, "Hey, Trump just hit you on your alcoholism." Or- Something like that, and and Bill was like, I haven't had a drink in this long. And then Gary, he's such a sweetheart, stepped in too, and was like, oh, I just want to say I haven't had a drink in uh, in uh, many years, uh, and I stopped drinking uh, thanks to uh, rock climbing, so I could be the best I could be. Yes. <laughs> so that's a- that's your top of the ticket, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know what? Let the VP get drunk. Yeah. Weld's yeah. Uh, annual Christmas parties became legendary for the sheer volume of liquor. Not to mention Weld's predilection for doing duck calls after a few glasses of what he liked to call quote. The amber liquid. Oh, man. <laughs> Terrified. I will uh, say Bill Well did a. Uh, he did give a very weird speech at the banquet. Do after, you think he was? And uh, I do the wonder sauce? if he was hitting the sauce because he really lashed shot at Trump at that one even more so than he did in his nomination yeah. speech and acceptance speech. So now with Weld on the ticket, mm-hmm. is this going to broaden the Libertarian Party enough to really get the fifteen percent that they would be need to, needed? Uh, that is needed to be taken seriously. And will the libertarians coalesce uh, around this ticket, or do you think they're going to be too ideological and split off into splinter groups like we're seeing yes. with the DNC and the RNC? Yeah, I, well, uh, two things. I do think that the point here is to get 15% in the polls so Gary and Bill can get into the debates. Right. Because when you get in the debates, as we saw with Ross Perot in 92, that's a game changer. Ross Perot wouldn't have gotten 19% of the popular vote if he wasn't in every single debate. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yapping on whatever. Can, can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> they never let him finish. I don't think he's finished yet. I'm still not finished. <laughs> he's a great guy. Great guy. Um, and then, so that that's the main point of getting 15%. Right. And this does raise the profile because here are two legitimate, uh, again, legitimate governors. Um, and, and, you know, if you're a never Trump person, if you're even a moderate Republican or even mm-hmm. a socially liberal Republican, you will give Gary and Bill... Uh, a second look. I would and even... honestly, if you want your girlfriend to kiss you, yeah. just go with Gary Johnson. <laughs> right. Right? Or, I mean, maybe Hillary. But mm-hmm. if it's like, if you are a Republican, and I mean, I have not yet met a woman who likes Trump. No. And every time I talk about Trump, I have to. I have a lot of caveats. Yeah, and it's And not... I show them my picture of who I voted for in the primary, and it's not him. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not just women here. It's not just here in New York City. It's back in Texas, too. I talked about this uh, after my last trip. Yeah. Uh, even women back in Texas, you know, Republican strongholds, just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, right. that's that's their entire attitude towards them. And, so, and I'll add, it's not just Texas and other states in America. It's it's like places like Montreal and Canada and, you know, a foreign, everybody foreign is like, you're not, you're not voting for Trump, are you? Like, everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. is very worried about it. It's this. just a litmus <laughs> test to see if they'll suck you off. Um, well, that sounds inappropriate, but okay. that's fine. Um, so the 15%, you have to fif- get 15% in a poll, but the strange thing is they don't tell you they which They don't tell polls. you what polls. And that was, mm. uh, so again, uh, full disclosure, I worked on Gary Johnson's campaign in 2012, and that was our big, you know, because we were like, we want Gary to get in the debates because if it's, if it's Obama versus Romney versus Gary, Gary had more governor executive uh, branch experience then Mitt Romney at that time. Um, and, uh, you know, Gary, if, if he had just polled enough, they would have let him in the debates. But the the CDs, uh, P, I think the Commission on Presidential Debates, the CBD, Commission on Presidential Debates, which it was uh, essentially created after 92, after the Ross Perot problem, mm-hmm. um, now they regulate who gets in and, and who doesn't. And, okay. and essentially you have to be on the ballot in enough states. You have to be, you know, it's got to all be uh, legal, et cetera. Um, so you have to be like a qualified, not a qualified candidate, but an actual like, you know, over 35, et cetera, uh, those uh, rules. But then they more have over the, 35 but, states. Uh, yeah. And I yeah. think it's over 35 states. And then but then the more obscure basically you need to uh, mathematically be able to win in the Electoral College. OK. Essentially what they said. But then the last requirement is this ridiculous 15 polling at 15 percent. But if you don't if, if you're not included in the polls at all, then you you won't even be mentioned. People won't even know about you. Sure. And then they also don't tell you what polls they're looking at. So it's okay. completely ludicrous. And in addition to trying to get into the polls, uh, Gary Johnson's campaign has actually sued the Commission on Presidential Debates, uh, as well as the Libertarian Party has also sued the Commission on Presidential Debates on, ironically, anti-monopoly laws. But that's okay. just because they got a monopoly on the debates. So now Johnson Weld, that that uh, gives them a good chance of getting 15% in these national polls. Now, I what's the so, other yeah. benefit of having Weld on the ticket? Um, I'd say the other benefit is the money. Weld, uh, Weld comes with money. He knows people with money. And, you know, we already, uh, again, in that press conference after Weld was nominated, 
the conversation the questions started coming already are, are there super PACs? Are, have you been having conversations with, uh, with the, Koch brothers, the Koch correct. brothers? The Koch brothers have promised to give tens of millions of dollars to Gary's campaign. Um, and that's just, you know, that's again, speaks to the never Trump movement. Right. Where they're just really looking for a viable alter- alternative. Well, now, that's the thing with now it's Dave Koch, I believe, who ran for the libertarian. Nomination. He was on. He was the VP in, in 1980 with uh, Ed Clark. And Does they, it? they got about one percent. We've the Libertarian Party, full disclosure, has never gotten more than one percent of the popular vote. Gary set the high mark of one point three million in 2012. So does it hurt the Libertarian Party if all of a sudden big Coke money starts coming in? I mean, doesn't this go against everything that they have been preaching about for such a long time? That's part of the concern. It's like, okay, you know, now you got this CFR member as the VP and we got Coke money coming in. Does this mean the Libertarian Party's soul is going to be bought? And that's where... Gary uh, and Weld ran into problems at the at the nomination process. The pure libertarian and radical factions of the party mm-hmm. essentially uh, uh, coalesced. Uh, is that the correct word? They, sure. Uh, <laughs> they combined their powers to try to beat Gary and Weld, and that's why. So Gary didn't get fifty percent of the delegates on the first ballot. He got them on the second ballot. Went up to fifty six percent, but still, you know, not a huge majority. And Weld just barely eked over the fifty percent mark. Uh, on the second ballot, um, and that's just and 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 mm. I will say that all the other VP opponents dropped out and endorsed uh, this guy Larry Sharp from New York. They were trying to get Larry Sharp on the ticket, and Gary was freaking out. Gary was legitimately walking around the floor, freaking out. And you could even see people like Gary. I just hope uh, you know whoever uh, people like Gary. We uh, you know uh, whoever you choose. I hope you make it happen. He's like, no, pick Weld. <laughs> <laughs> So who are these pure libertarians? Uh, like, well, what is this? What is this demographic? Is it people like you know, Fat Man dancing on stage, James it, Weeks? It's it's absolutely like Fat Man uh, <laughs> dancing on stage, like me. Um, yeah, it, the, the, you know, the Libertarian Party is this bizarre coalition of uh, hardcore uh, gold enthusiasts. Uh, hardcore like conservative ec- economist. What's a hardcore gold enthusiast? No, gold. They, it's like they get just, cash for gold guy. Yeah, oh, I yeah, know. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Are, are they wearing leather jackets going in there <laughs> and smoking cigarettes even if they're not supposed to? No, they just they just uh, have a bunch of gold in an undisclosed location. <laughs> their mother's basement. Yeah, yeah. Maybe their grandmother's house. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and then there's also LGBT members. Well, sure. one of our mo- most uh, flamboyant and uh, wonderful and exciting uh, delegates is this dude named Starchild from California. He's a, he, <laughs> and he goes by Starchild, and he, he's you can even uh, look him up. Um, ABC has a great article about the five most interesting um, characters from the Libertarian Convention. Starchild's one of them. Now, uh, what is Starchild uh, doing? He's a sex worker in California. He's bisexual. <laughs> And he's very open about all of it. And uh, now he's running, and he was running for the president. He was or? no, yeah. We put him on our board. He was no, he's not running for president. Oh, but I he see. is on the uh, Libertarian uh, National Committee. Okay. Um, he does have a position on there. I don't know if he lost that position over the weekend, but uh, he, he's very, he's great because he was wearing a, a, a plastic wrap and a speedo mm-hmm. um, during the whole convention. Of course, he is in much better shape than James Weeks. Thank God. Um, thank God for for everybody so, on that one. But, you know, he's yeah. wearing, it was a statement. He was like, more transparency is what it said on his plastic bag. So it, does the Libertarian Party run into issues of, you know, almost like what happened with the Occupy Wall Street movement where, you know, or, you know, you see a lot of the protests out there uh, against Trump when he, you know, uh, speaks in California. A lot of people are there. Some are against uh, you know, uh, his immigration stances. Other people are there, you know, uh, because they want minimum wage, you know, to go up. You know, does the Libertarian Party fall in, into a trap of having two different, two, um, everyone can sort of decide their own issue. Mm-hmm. And does it, does it fall into a, uh, in, in, into a problem of being too fractured when it comes to different political opinions? And why are we here? Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, there, there are there are two factions. There's the pragmatic libertarians who actually want to grow the party into a major party. These these are the people who I think really do the nuts and bolts of getting ballot access and raising money and actually being a political party. And then you have the pure libertarian faction that essentially, rationally, if you're really that pure libertarian, makes no sense to even be a part of the party. Why right. are you part of a political party that wants to have a government position in the first place? I mean, you know, it's like Doug Stanhope told me once. It's like the most libertarian election would be an election where no one votes, right? It's an election right. that shows no confidence in the government. So these pure libertarians to even 
be in the Libertarian Party and to just, I mean, I don't understand their, their point. Did they just want to continue to get 1% of the popular vote for another 40 years? Because that's yeah. all that's happened mm-hmm. so far. We actually have, you know, if you want to grow a political party, you got to reach out to disenfranchised Republicans, disenfranchised Democrats. I come from the left, you know, when the Democrats went pro-war after Obama <clears throat> was elected, that's when I was like, all right, maybe I'm more of a, a Libertarian because mm-hmm. they're anti-war, and, et cetera, et cetera. And they're plenty of liberal, socially liberal, as well as anti-war positions I could agree with the Libertarian Party on. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any super pure, although you will find them uh, in the Libertarian Party, um, you know, people who will just swear off of driver's licenses, et cetera, seat belts, you know, things like that. Um, it has a lot to do with driving mainly. <laughs> yeah, it um, seems like they're concerned about that. They just really just want to just drink and drive and have a good time, man, you know? Right. Um, and, but I don't think there's any pure libertarian. Again, like I was saying, Austin Peterson, who got endorsed by National Review somehow through that uh, Mary Mulkin lady, um, it's just like, it, you know, he was he's pro-life, but the party is pro-choice. Well, we'll so, talk so about that in a no second. There's no one that's a, a pure libertarian if you're even running for anything a government office with a political party. Right. I mean, and we'll, I want to talk about Austin Peterson and the gun scandal, which is is going to be remarkable, but not not quite yet. I want to ask about this because this is one of the issues that the Libertarian Party, they often get blamed for ruining elections. Yeah. Um, And, and third party candidates often, you know, they often get scapegoated uh, as being the the spoiler for another party. Like, I mean, obviously 92 with, with Clinton winning with just 43% of the vote. Right. And the, the premise is that somehow Ross took so many away from HW, so many votes away from HW who couldn't win. Yeah. Do you Same th- with Nader. Same, Same with Nader. Nader which, Absolutely. No, I believe these are misnomers. I agree. Um, I agree. But does the Libertarian Party get hurt by both, uh, you know, the right and the left, the Democrats and the Republicans, looking at them as uh, as just more of a piranha, taking away their taking away support uh, from them, as opposed to uh, you know actively engaging constituents that otherwise might not vote at all. Right. No, that is a misnomer. Is a complete misnomer that the Libertarian Party Raya. takes more votes from uh, Republicans. That is a complete misnomer. Uh, research has been done. We draw equally from Democrats, Republicans, independents, and people who have never voted before, people who are mm-hmm. disenfranchised with the entire political process, uh, not just some political party. So so what is it then? So, I mean, for the Republicans, what have we had? We've had a Christian coalition. We have our NRA. You have your pro-war hawks. You have your social conservatives. And you have people who are, um, you know, they tend to be relatively um, homogenous in race. You the Democrats, you you have LGBTQ, supposedly non-interventionalist overseas, but that's that's an absolute that's debatable, lie. especially with Clinton. Yeah, right. Large government getting giving, uh, you know, um, not cutting uh, benefits and uh, and random social programs for the poor. So what's the tent for the Libertarian Party? Uh uh, like what are they, what what are they trying to combine? What 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 uh, people oh, are they looking? You know, is it going to be pro-choice? Right. Is it going to be pro-life? Is it going to be anti-gun? I mean, obviously, it's very pro-gun. Mm-hmm. But how are they going to how are they going to get a coalition of people together right. to get that fifteen percent? Right, right, and that is the beautiful thing about it because the coalition they get together are, are people who would generally disagree on a lot of other things, but. Um, I believe this will uh, certainly the medical marijuana and legal oh, marijuana sure. crowd is going to come through because, I mean, you know, that's all got- Gary Johnson talks about. So if he <laughs> loses the weed vote, I don't know what to tell him. You know, Gary's a he's a fun guy to hang out with. And uh, he he's the CEO of a marijuana company. Yes. Right now. Uh, that was what he did in, after uh, 2000. He's been basically just climbing mountains and running a weed company. Getting stoned <laughs> as hell. Well, you know, that's debatable. I won't go on the record about that, but uh, he's a fun guy. He's high. <laughs> Um, so you got that crowd. You got the, and I would just say, yeah, I, you know, th- I think there's a chance of bringing a lot of Sanders supporters if if uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, is pushed through as the nominee is, as we're all expecting she will be. Well, what would it be about Sanders' po- uh, policies that the libertarians could also cling to? Because in theory, Sanders right. would like to expand the size of government and right. the role of government, uh, like we haven't seen since the '60s, '70s, '50s. Yeah, you know, ever since Eisenhower. Right. And I wrote a very controversial HuffPo column about why libertarians should support Sanders in parentheses for now um just at least support him getting the democratic nomination but there there's you know there's a few key areas where progressives and libertarians agree they agree on uh on civil rights protecting the 4th amendment right uh, Ron, uh Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders were both very uh against the NSA mm-hmm. still are 
um, anti-war. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie wants to bring down the military uh, budget. Uh, that was a big stance of libertarians. Libertarians, you know, that's a big difference between libertarians and Republicans. Republicans, mm-hmm. you heard the even Trump's oh just like, we're going to have the biggest beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful military. It's going to be huge. And it's just like, how do they, you know, it's not conservative. You know, Rand Paul did a good job of trying to point this out. It's not conservative to raise military spending you know, on on more interventions, it's not conservative to spend more money at all. Specifically, when you have many times the military being like, "We're good on tanks, guys," and then yeah, they're yeah. just like, "We're making five hundred more tanks." <laughs> and then we don't need the tanks. We don't need the tanks. Yeah. <laughs> then, but of course, at some point, then they sell off the old tanks. They give them to my town, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and now we have a militarized police force there. Absolutely. Or you send them to Saudi Arabia, and you know, I'm sure they do nothing but good things with them. Oh yeah. Um, as that's why I've heard. And then you know, there's other areas like the the Federal Reserve. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, libertarians want to end the Fed. Bernie Sanders, uh, to his credit, at least wants to audit the Fed. Mm-hmm. Gary Johnson has gone that far as well uh, to more booze at the debate where he was like, I think we should audit the Fed. And then everyone starts chanting, end the Fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, oh, yeah, I've heard many a libertarian nerd talk, yell at each other <laughs> on the train about ending the Fed. No, I God. love that they're doing it on the train now. Oh, there's always one guy with a ponytail. Oh, yeah, Ugh. that guy. I've seen what him. Does that, <laughs> did you have any insights on the Fed, Travis? Is that something that we can talk about? Because, you know, a lot of people don't understand the Federal uh, the, the federal Reserve is not part of the U.S. government. It's its own institution, right. which is very bizarre. What, is, what would it be to audit the Fed? Oh, the audit. I mean, well, you know, there's no transparency with the Fed. It's like you said, they're basically a private institution that the government has hired to regulate our currency. It was once the job of the U.S. Department of Treasury to do that, to mm-hmm. to, to make and regulate the, the currency. Um, and that was taken away in uh, 1913. And a lot of people, a lot of libertarians especially, say uh, unconstitutionally so. Okay. Because two-thirds of the states never ratified it. It was, like, it was passed in the middle of the night, like on Christmas Eve in 1913. And established the central bank. And central banks, if you really want to get nerdy about it, uh, the United States have been, has been fighting central banks pretty much uh, all of our history. Andrew Jackson famously uh, killed uh, the central bank. And that was like he felt like that was his biggest thing that he did in his presidency. They, of course, ironically put him on the $20 bill later. Uh, as a little fuck you, uh, and now <laughs> as, an an extra, as an extra yeah. fuck you, they're gonna put uh, uh, Harriet Tubman, who was not uh, so not not necessarily in love with capitalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Andrew Jackson. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, uh, so you know, and even Abraham Lincoln had issues with the central bank. That's it. And you know, before we had the Federal Reserve, what we had was panics and runs. Right, there okay. were bank runs and panics, and that was, you know, it was kind of like a volatile. Uh, economic structure it was but it would always kind of work its way Mm -hmm. out eventually after we had the federal reserve which was the case was made to regulate those runs and those panics and uh and anything else like that after we got that what what happened our depressions got much more severe and worse that's what led to the great depression of of the 19 uh the 1929 the, the stock market crash essentially the federal reserve and the bankers who are on the board of the federal reserve um, uh, just made the economic system work for them and work against the American people. Two more points that I want to make. If you uh, Google um, the the creature from Jekyll Island, mm-hmm. that's where the bankers all got together in the middle of the night and um, and basically came up with the, the legislation mm-hmm. for the Federal Reserve. It was passed by uh, a guy named Nelson Aldrich, who was in the pockets of the big banks, um, so that's how that all got created. Is it safe to say that in 1899, it's sort of the, the country was uh, down, going down the wrong path with the election of McKinley? And then uh, because that was the, you know, he was that supported was big, by, uh, you know, the Rockefellers and those sorts of the very powerful, the very wealthy five. And the, the big, the, it's fascinating because before the Federal Reserve came along, you're right. McKinley versus William Jennings Bryan, it was uh, the battle of the gold standard versus the silver standard, right? William Jennings Bryan wanted silver to be the the uh, the metal, the precious metal that our currency was based on. William mm. McKinley was a gold guy. Gold benefited the rich. Silver benefited the farmers and the working class. After the Federal Reserve came, that was just we, – we weren't even talking about precious metals anymore. We are just talking about a secretive institution that basically created the currency on its own. Interest sure. rates, essentially. Yeah, right. it, through interest rates, et cetera. So, okay, so that is that is one area where Sanders and the Libertarian Party, they, they do agree that, the, that we need to – 
edit the Fed, which or edit it, edit it, <laughs> edit, it. <laughs> edit, edit it, just edit it. Audit the Fed, which just kind of, it, it does sound fun to scream. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Audit the Fed! Audit it! We gotta go back. <laughs> Next time we're in D.C., I'm just gonna hang out outside the Fed. Is that where it is? That is where it is. Yeah, we gonna... walked by. We, yeah, we... Did we? Yeah, oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah, you audited it. You don't remember? You oh, were yeah, the one... I yelled at it. Yeah, <laughs> you already did yell at it. Oh, that's right. You, you, yelled it. It you yelled at that, and you yelled at the EPA, EPA for some is weird reason. <laughs> it's, it's just a fraud. It's a fraud. The EPA edit, is a fraud. Edit the EPA. <laughs> edit it. Edit I think you mean audit. I know what I'm saying. Edit it. <laughs> So, uh, yes, and so, but Gary Johnson, he didn't quite go far enough with just eliminating, well, literally editing the Fed. He just wants to audit it. But that's the thing about yep. Gary. He's one of the pragmatic libertarians. He's like, well, look, realistically, because I've been a governor for eight years, I know that I can't just get elected and end the Fed. But we can audit it, show everyone how corrupt it is. I mean, even the partial audit that Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders got passed in 2009 was the thing that showed that we've been giving trillions of dollars through the Fed to to banks in other countries. You know, that's one mm-hmm. of the most infuriating things about the Fed is that that's what they do. Now, of course, they'll maintain that they got to do that in secret and it's got to be separate of politics and everything so they can save the world economy. Sure. But it's a very sketchy argument, you know, oh, because right. essentially they're just rigging it for I mean, who even knows who they're rigging it for? Probably for the banks. So you have some Okay, so that's that's where the libertarians can connect with Sanders. I would assume also his pro-choice stance and his gun stance. I yeah, think those and, are three. And then, and then there are the socially liberal areas. Gay right. marriage, a marijuana and mm-hmm. abortion uh, slash a woman's right to choose. All right, let's go over to the right. How do the libertarians pull uh, votes from the right? Uh, well, specifically Trump this year, they pull votes uh, from Republicans by just uh, being more sensible than Trump. That's pretty much it. That's- is it, are we living in a world where Gary Johnson is more sensible than Trump? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tough to. I mean, Gary Johnson. No, it's not. It's not tough to say at all. It's he extremely be, easy to I say. I did red eye with him. I've met the guy. I have not met Trump, but I mean, Gary can be perceived as a bit out there. Sure. Well, you know, sometimes he does very well on TV, and and you know. Uh, if if I'm fortunate enough to be uh, brought back onto the Johnson campaign this year, that's an area I really want to just work with Gary. Sometimes he's great on camera and he's impassioned. I mean, mm-hmm. he had some great lines in the debate, even for all the boos he got on the stupid. What's you he, know, he got booed f- for being rational? For being right? rational, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got booed by the idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Basically, yeah. Johnson well got booed and almost not almost didn't get the nominations for ever serving in government at all. Right. That's kind of what happened. But he also had some great lines. He he lashed into Trump on one answer where they were like, do you, do you want to expand on why you don't like Trump? He's like, no, not really. And then they're like, are you sure? And then he just unleashed a tirade of like, mm-hmm. yeah, on all the things he disagrees with Trump with. So, you know, it goes into Trump's fascist uh, sounding sure. policies of rounding up the immigrants and kicking them out. That's very unlibertarian. Libertarians want to make immigration easier. You know, uh, they're yeah. not all rapists, murderers, et cetera, et cetera. They're mainly people want to come here for the better jobs and then send the money back home give them a work visa do a a, a, and you know again it's funny because gary's rational answer is um make it easier to get a work visa that includes a background check and a social security number so relevant taxes can get paid so that's his his answer because he says taxes will get paid (laughs) taxation is theft right Yeah, so that could, okay, so from the right, he could, because a lot of capitalists, a lot of business owners like immigration because they need cheaper labor. Yeah, right, and then that's the rational case to make for uh, immigrants. For immigration. Yeah, because they're doing the jobs that Americans already don't want to do, you know? Right, yeah. No, if uh, the, he actually rounded up and deported all of the illegal immigrants, our economy would collapse. It would collapse. Overnight. It, he it, said it was just a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> it's all done. Yeah, the right. Suggestion's off the table. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad deal, so. We won't do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it is fascinating. So that's a big thing that, that okay. the libertarians disagree with them on. And then, again, you know, I think Gary 
and Bill Weld will both passionately make the case that Republicans should be more socially liberal, that that um, being against gay marriage is not only inserting the government into people's private lives, mm-hmm. but it's just it's it's completely irrational going forward. It's a losing position for the Republican Party. And I'm sure, you know, we I think we've talked about this on the show before, too. Social conservative positions are losing positions. It's oh, absolutely. But Republicans yeah. need them because they need that little evangelical base to to support them you know mm-hmm. and that's why guys like ted cruz can go out there and say i want to protect life i want to protect the sanctity of marriage and they can say those things and the republicans all come in their pants well you know i think trump has shattered that notion though because you have jerry falwell jr who has supported donald right. trump jerry falwell senior i don't think would have approved of his son's decision talking about how people should not vote with their heart vote with your mind we want to get somebody in office that can act that we want someone who can win mm-hmm. and the evangelicals hadn't had uh, haven't had that in quite some time right and but and Trump's doing the walk back, kind of like Mitt yeah. Romney did in 2012. Mitt Romney, also a, a governor from Massachusetts, used to be pro-choice and mm-hmm. things like that. But then he had to walk it back, like Trump's walking it back. Where now Trump's saying, like, yeah, we should punish the doctors and the women who get abortions. I mean, that's what happens when you're the Republican top dog. You have to take those those positions, and those are losing positions. So I think a right. very good speech um, that when that Bill Weld made. With his acceptance uh, a speech, some good remarks that he said was that the Libertarian Party has allowed me to make a clean break from these issues that I already disagreed with the Republicans on. And, sure. And he was appreciative so, of that. Now, does the – I mean, the, the Libertarian Party is solidly pro-choice, correct? Other than Austin yeah. Peterson, who was running, and uh, he came – I guess he was a close second. Right, and he did make the Ron Paul argument that before – uh, uh, you know, we all have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But before we can have the the last two, you gotta have life. So he believes that your rights begin as at conception, which I don't know. You know, the libertarian stance is right. that it's a privacy issue. It's between a woman and her doctor, and that's actually how Roe v. Wade got decided. You know, sure, yeah. So it's it's a privacy issue. It's a choice between a woman and a doctor. And you know, the libertarians, God bless them, have been pro-choice on everything mm-hmm. since 1971. Let's go back to the convention really quick because you had three days of total mayhem. There was yeah. a small uh, controversy after Austin Peterson had lost the nomination. Yeah. He gave Gary Johnson a small gun. Yeah. As a as a gesture, <laughs> yes. as a small gun, like a derringer. It, it was a, a a replica of George Washington's flintlock, <laughs> and I will give it to Governor Johnson because he has my sword and he has my gun. Well, the rumors are that Gary Johnson threw that thing away immediately. <laughs> All right, so it was and a it peace is, offering. And, it, and this is the thing. Again, uh, you know, here we have Bill Weld, Gary Johnson, who could go out there and appeal to tens of millions of voters, but that almost didn't happen because of a thousand, you know, pissed delegates in this little hotel in Orlando Mm -hmm. over the weekend. The purest libertarians were behind Austin. They were behind all the other candidates running against Johnson and Weld. And uh, Austin Peterson was very good at, at, um, you know, he got... He got a lot of the libertarian talking points right. You know, he would throw out taxation and theft, et cetera, et cetera, which right. is easy for him to do because he's never served in actual office. Sure. And a lot of this stuff, a lot of people, you know, again, pyramid piles of pussy. Um, you know, this is where Peterson's ego comes into it. And it's like, is he just a young guy seeking attention? And mm-hmm. I think this was a very attention seeking move. I think he offered it in a sense of unity, but also he did it while he was, you know, his friends were all videotaping him. Um, so whatever the case is, um, the rumors that Gary Johnson threw it away immediately. Another story is that he accidentally just left on a table because he's busy as shit being an actual presidential nominee now. Right. And uh, whatever it is, the gun got back to Austin Peterson. Um, and then this whole fight broke out between the Pures and the Pragmatics. I mean, I, I have a guy, a friend from Kentucky, who's now on the ballot access board, and he was like, I, w- I will get Gary Johnson on the ballot in all 50 states, and then I will not be putting his bumper sticker on my car. Oh, because no. Because people saw it as a slap in the face of the you know the offering of unity. But it's, uh, He yeah. threw away the gun. Well, one person on Facebook said that he witnessed Gary and his wife throw it in the trash. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, listen. I'll clear this up. It is true. A gentleman approached me in the hospitality suite with the flintlock in his hand. He explained that he and his wife saw Gary toss it in the trash. He wanted to give it back to Austin. I took a picture of him holding it because I knew there would be skeptics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag, where's your gun, Gary? Whoa. So that's Gary, yeah. get your gun. Gary, get your gun. <laughs> so that was, but it's funny because it's like, uh, you know, people, 
yeah, people are saying that Gary really shot himself in the foot on that one. But it's like with what? The party unity? The the a thousand people, the a thousand delegates in that room. Right. Um you know, even the the membership, which is uh, I think over two hundred thousand and growing, by the way, of the Libertarian Party, it th- that does not matter to them, and it doesn't matter to the potential tens of millions of voters that we that could vote for us in, no- are in you, November. Are you more or less encouraged that the Libertarian Party can come out uh, and get fifteen percent in some polls before or now after the convention? Are you are you more <laughs> uh, are you more convinced they can succeed or less? I am convinced they can succeed. If the pure libertarians keep their dumb mouths shut, mm-hmm. no, oh, actually, and hold keep on. their clothes on, and keep their clothes on. I mean, um, no, look, I, I have a lot of good pure libertarian friends, um, and I think most of them understand the rational thing to do here is to is just to promote Gary, get the party more recognition, more media attention. I mean, 2012, we had a march up, or not me personally, but Gary's campaign went to protest CNN for not including Gary in their polls, for not et cetera, et cetera. But guess what? The morning after the convention, Bill Weld's on uh, CNN uh, on Monday, on mm-hmm. Memorial Day, uh, doing a, a TV interview. Then Gary Johnson's on CNN talking to Chris Cuomo uh, this morning. I mean, now we're so they're on doing CNN. It. Yeah. I mean, because now we have a chance to be a major party. And I do. Gary had a very impassioned plea to the delegates. He was like, isn't this what we've all been working for for so long? You've spent so much time, so much money. I mean, if we get if, let's say Gary just gets five percent. Uh, in November, that guarantees us ballot access in so many states. We're now, so then we just save thousands of dollars from and not just fighting to get on the ballot. Just to clarify, five percent now is that five percent of just the national vote total? Five percent of the electoral college? What's oh, that five percent? Po- popular vote. Popular, popular vote. vote. Pretty much the electoral college is is a whole nother rig system that. Uh, uh, yeah, that you know, who knows how you break into that? I will say, the Libertarian Party famously had a what they call a um, a, a disaffected elector uh, in 1972's election. Uh, basically, you know, each state picks its electors, and then they're 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 supposed to vote for who the state voted for. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy disaffected and actually voted for the the Hospers. Um, a ticket in 1972. So the Libertarian Party did get their first electoral vote in 1972. We actually had a right. woman vice president uh, candidate then, so she was actually the first woman to receive an electoral vote. Never Trump, never Hillary. Mm-hmm. Gary Johnson has a difficult job to connect these two forces. That's why I asked about what you know where they relate right, with, where with they Bernie in, and yeah. where they where they pull with Trump. How is it? How is it? Uh, what strategy do you think he should use if you were to you know work for his campaign tomorrow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What strategy would you want him to use when it comes to uh, getting these never movements to be pro Johnson, other than the fact being pro Johnson sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I um I think you gotta go for the never Trumps in the way they're doing it now, which is uh, old fashioned media, you know, TV appearances, radio appearances. Yeah, but what are you saying? Oh, what are you saying? Yeah. Oh well. Um. Oh well, yeah. No, I think we. I mean, you 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 slam Trump's policies. All the the thing. The more government. Uh, policies that that Trump is proposing, you, irrational things like like the immigration then, stance. You talk about those things, yeah. um, and then to get to the Sanders people, I think you go full on anti-war because Hillary Clinton is is the biggest war hawk. I mean, she's even right. more war hawkish than, than, Trump. than Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, Trump is definitely going to flank her to the left on foreign. But policy. But at the same time, Trump will also say we're going to build our military. We're going to make it big and beautiful. So right. Johnson will be whatever the hell it means. Well, it's yeah. just, no, it's nationalism. He's going to uh, bedazzle the planes. Yeah, he's yeah, going yeah, yeah. straight up nationalism. He's going to make it plans. big and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a big, beautiful door as well as at the wall. Oh, that's the other thing. The yeah, wall. Like Mama you, June. You, you slam the wall. Well, had a good line at, at, at one of the things where he was like, when was the last time we built a wall was built in this century? It was it was the Berlin Wall. I mean, it's just it's. it's yeah, but yeah. that also right. uh, that also assumes that the people that are supporting Trump have any sense of history whatsoever. Right. Well, Good I luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> the the alt right movement has a sense of history, and they tend to shine. Uh, they they tend to like some of our past enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with uh, as I was watching some MSNBC coverage of the Libertarian Convention, the uh, the person who was you know talking the the, the um, whatever you call that whatever what do you, what do you call these people the anchors 
He was the anchor. He was the correspondent over there at the Libertarian Convention. He kept on mocking uh, Austin Peterson and McAfee. We didn't even talk about McAfee. Oh, man, I didn't even get to talk about McAfee. We can talk about him for five minutes. But I want to know how the Libertarians are going to get rid of this argument where they're like, you're pro-people being drunk all the time, and then you're also pro- um, uh, and, and 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 high on drugs, and then you're also pro-gun. So they, they spun it in this way where it's like, you just want everyone to be stoned and with a gun. Isn't that a dangerous America? How do the libertarians, like, counteract that? Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, Gary has some good lines in 2012. He was like, we can talk about gun rights and gay rights in the same sentence. I mean, you know, we're... It's funny because we're pro-freedom, and, and you know, I, I don't want to simplify it too much, but, you know, one of the other candidates, the pure libertarian candidates Gary was running against was he was saying what's the question freedom's the answer right that was like a, <laughs> that was that's a great it. line but you know that's that is essentially what we believe so msnbc uh i that's it's a very i think it's a very wrong thing for them to do to spin it that way right but that is going to be that is going to be the attack that's going to be the mainstream yeah. media's uh narrative on that so we have to just combat it and, and i think you know I don't look at the way things are going right now. You know, uh, in 2010, when I ran as a libertarian for U.S. Congress in Central Ohio, I was going around saying, yeah, I think mar- all marriage should be legal. And I think uh, uh, legal marijuana would be fine. And that was 2010. And people, even Democrats, were like, oh, wait, you're crazy. But here we are, yeah. 2016. Gay marriage is now the law of the land. It's right. completely legal. And we got four states in counting uh, that have legalized marijuana for recreational use. Okay. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's more a trend that, God bless them, all those crazy libertarians in 1971 were actually ahead of their time. Oh, yeah. And I think the millennial generation is certainly more libertarian, certainly mm-hmm. just in a, in a word fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Even the Bernie Sanders supporters, if you made the argument of, hey, let's stop spending all this money on our interventions, you know, $800 billion on our, our military budget, stop spending over there. If you squeeze down our budget and spend that money rationally, like Gary Johnson did in New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, you could you could have the things the Sanders people want, which is, you know, cheaper health care and cheaper college education. I mean, Gary Johnson, when he, when he um, shrunk the budget in New Mexico, he didn't just start cutting, you know, uh, funds to – to uh, single mothers and, right. and people who needed them, um, he just tried to do it in a more effective way. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't waste money on frivolous things like haircut laws, which was a funny thing that he had to veto. Haircut laws? Yeah. Huh. You, you get a haircut, hippie, put it put it on the ballot. Put it on the put ballot. Put it on the ballot. <laughs> put it right. on the ballot. So, right. so, pro- the, so that was Proposition 158, get a haircut, hippie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I like it. It's a dumb bill. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. So hopefully they can find a message in a. Uh, they just need to find a quick soundbite message that relays that, which is very difficult to do. No, I. Well, yeah, that will be the job for the next five months. Other than I actually kind of like what's the question answer? Uh, freedom is the answer. Is like the answer, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing, Gary. Uh, he's not mastered the talking point, the soundbite, quite yet. Yeah. I will say, you know, whereas his opponents were knocking it out of the park. Dr. Feldman, the guy who rapped in his closing statement, um, they, they asked about the transgender bathrooms, right? And Gary had the right answer that the government shouldn't be involved uh, with this decision, blah, blah, blah. And then they went to Feldman. He was like, I think we should – I support two different bathrooms, one for people who wash their hands and one for people who don't. Hey! And that was a great line, <laughs> huge line. So I like it. Yeah, yes. so Gary should yes. borrow some of those catchphrases from uh, his, his counterparts. Uh, for sure taxation is theft uh well maybe not that one i don't know (laughs) that's a little aggressive it's a little aggressive but isn't taxation marcus if it's theft then i suppose so yep i mean but is that like like real quick like do you think that's a problem with because libertarians can be very aggressive with their beliefs well that's the pure libertarian yeah these people are very aggressive and they want to talk libertarian philosophy all through the night but that's not what the american people want right now and this is you know it's not. I don't think it's watering down the message because a lot of Americans don't think of politics the way we do, and the people who listen to this podcast do, where we're actually rationally thinking, involved political people. Mm-hmm. The average American sees the Republicans. They're like, well, they're socially conservative and fiscally conservative. They see the Democrats. They're socially liberal, but also fiscally liberal. The Libertarians, you know, just talk about a one-liner. They are fiscally conservative and socially liberal. You take the best things from each party. You put them together. That's a simple right. way to put it. Yeah, and you of course, to. with the taxation yes. is theft argument, you could tie that into the, um, you know, the abuse of power with our police departments and how police have become the extension of the tax. And you know, they're mm-hmm. using these small um, tickets and fines to really. Um, to, to fund small towns, yeah, and which I, is really 
not the intention of the police force, and not that, what it was intended to do. And I think that speaks to, you know, the lower class, working class that Bernie's appealing to as well. Right. It's like, aren't you sick of paying so many taxes and then it goes to this? And aren't you sick of having <laughs> friends get arrested for possession of a, a little bit of marijuana and then their lives are ruined forever? I think those are things that if those messages can get to normal working voters, um, I think they'll resonate very well. I agree. All right, finally, we'll we'll just get to John McAfee. I got to talk about John McAfee. We, we, I can't wait to hear about Heat Street uh, made a great video of John McAfee. Marcus, uh, Marcus watched it this weekend. Beautiful. It is absolutely phenomenal. Just Google John McAfee, Heat Street. Uh, watch the five-minute clip. So you got to be in the same room with him. Did he smell like gunpowder? Uh, <laughs> who is, what is this weird dude? For those that don't know, just a quick background. He created this the virus software the majority of us have on our computers. Mm-hmm. It's Mac, uh, M-C-A-F-E-E. That's him. He made that. And uh, he was in Belize. There was a small murder. Uh, he, he was questioned. He, a questionable he, he, murder. A questionable murder. He has since left the country, and now he is hiding out here in America in an undisclosed location. Maybe the same one Rush Limbaugh records from. And uh, and now he was he was running for the Libertarian uh, nomination. Right. Well, and, and you know he made the arguments. Uh, you know that he is certainly pro business. He's a self made businessman. He also um, I don't know if you guys know uh, this, but he apparently used to do acid at the office that he was working at as first as a software designer and then that's apparently how he thought of the encryption software that he really? that is now you know what made him yeah. famous and yeah. rich i came up with the idea for cave comedy radio when i was super high yeah cool. exactly so you know uh he's a libertarian in that sense of he you know he was very adamant about just not legalizing marijuana he's like we need to legalize all drugs <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> even the new ones i just invented in my bathroom <laughs> Um, and he, he, you know, he was awesome to like meet. Um, he, I, the way he did have a line. I mean, he started at some point, like two months ago, on the Stossel debate. He he was giving rational answers that actually made sense. Mm-hmm. And then at the first debate on Thursday that we had at the convention, he had this line where he was like, I, "Sometimes I feel I've been on a five month acid trip here." And then it, just by the end of the debate, you're like, "I think he's right. I think. We need, <laughs> do you need water? Are you okay? You need to sit down." He reminded me of like an old guy you'd meet at Bonnaroo and you just talk to for like hours because it's just like this guy's yeah. cool. Um, Who was better, him or uh, General Stockdale? Oh my! Well, no one tops General Stockdale. R.I.P. Who am I? Why am I here? (laughs) Ross Perot's running. I still think we got to bring that guy back, if if at all possible. But yeah, McAfee was very interesting to have there because he was certainly outside the realm of politics, and he he pushed it that way. He had a party um, where he had people on stilts. It was almost like Cirque du Soleil people, and there were people on stilts, and they were playing trippy music. And they were like just playing like fun lights and uh, sound, and uh, it was just like so. Uh, what? Why should I vote for you again? Uh, it's like, oh yeah, stilt people, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super into cooler shaker. Yeah, great. cool, cool stuff. <laughs> cool stuff. That's essentially what he was pushing. So. Um, yeah, McAfee was great. Uh, Vermin Supreme was also there. Very good. Vermin Supreme was great. He did get one vote. Uh, someone did put write him in on uh, the ballot uh, at one point. Was it him? Uh, no, because he was not uh, a delegate. Ah. He's not a registered libertarian. He managed to convince someone else to do it, <laughs> which I think is even more impressive. Um, and Verma's great. I got a great picture with him. He's he's super. He wears a boot on his head. Yes. And uh, during a certainly, you know, and I, I didn't even get to get into how chaotic the nomination processes get, where delegates, you know, when it comes to the second ballot, you're allowed to swap delegates and things like that. And people were joining forces against Weld. So everyone's running around with these signs like, never Weld, never Weld. And uh, and then I looked over and Vernon Dupree was running around with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was just, there ain't no party like a libertarian party. Oh, my God. Well, it does not sound like it. I cannot wait to go. Uh, we got to go to one. We have to go to the I next libertarian it. convention. Yeah. Gary's in town for a couple of days. Uh, I'm trying to figure out with his campaign what kind of events they're having. So maybe we can all check one out. Okay. I think that sounds like a great idea. I got to meet Gary. He's such a nice guy. Really, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess we if we have to vote. I mean, I was thinking about voting for Trump because he tweeted at me. But uh, Johnson <laughs> right. talked to me for 30 minutes, and I met him. So, yeah. you yeah. know. And I think that's probably a better uh, – or possibly looking at their policies and see what might be best for the no, country. that's not how I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm literally no voting way. this election by who courts me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants the Kissel vote? Gary does remind me of, like, a suburb dad who's just, like, you know, real, like, chill. And then it's like he uh, uh, wanted to su- succeed at business, and then he became a millionaire. And he was like, well, maybe I'll run for governor. And then he wins and does a great job. And he's like, well, no, maybe I'll climb Mount Everest. And then he does. Yeah, he just 
does it. He just keeps doing stuff. So he's he's a sweetheart. Although uh, obviously the Peterson <clears throat> supporters will say uh, they have a different opinion because he threw away that George Washington flintlock. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Um, but uh, I think I think Gary's going to do well here in the in the coming months. It's, All right, it's an exciting time in an already pretty exciting election. It's amazing. I'm, it is actually really nice to have uh, a Gary Johnson option. Uh, Just it, something we can yeah. fill out on a ballot oh where God. we don't have yeah. to feel like we're going to hell. Strangely <laughs> enough, it is comforting. Right? Yeah, like it, it. it really is. Now that he's in it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's uh, something. It, it's it's really weird when you get the third-party candidate and it's like, oh, some sanity. Yeah. Like, some, like this uh, This might actually create some uh, some actual discourse. So, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm down for Gary Johnson being. I don't know if I support him, but I'm definitely down for him being in the race. All right. So uh, let's see, Travis. Where can people find your stuff? You're doing a bunch with Viceland. We're doing Viceland, the new TV channel. I am on the social medias with it uh, mm-hmm. as of now, but we're doing some fun political stuff there. And, of course, I'll be writing a wrap-up of this crazy convention on Huffington Post. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, recapping the pure libertarians, pure libertarians versus the pragmatic libertarians. I mean, these people are wacky. So it's, it's fun, though. It's a fun yeah. kind of wackiness. It's harmless. Because they don't want to harm you. That's the other fun thing about libertarians. Yeah, so, they tend to be good people at heart. Absolutely. Live and let live. Uh, you can find Travis Irvine on Twitter at the Travis Irvine. I believe that's yours. No, no, no. We took that one away. Uh, we took that one away. Yeah, uh, being we being me. Uh, yeah. And uh, no, I felt it was too pretentious. I looked up all the other Travis Irvines. They're all from Canada. So you can find me at Travis Irvine USA on Twitter. It's not more pretentious, I think. What? What is oh is USA pretentious Ben? Well, we won't get into it. <laughs> we won't yep. get into it. Showing find- true colors uh-huh. here. I've got the same Twitter strategy as Sarah Palin and Jim Webb. All right, so I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, you're going to do great. Follow everything that Jim Webb ever did. Yeah, I do. Uh, he's a successful dude. Find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks and Instagram at Marcus Parks. Also listen to the show, The Lucky Bone Show. Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. Which is very exciting. I have 2,100 followers on Instagram. I'm only following eight. Nice. So i got to start following more people, but I found my password. I'm Ben Kissel one <laughs> So far, it's pictures of bagels. And, I know. And dogs. You still I'm, haven't uh, posted anything new? Uh, no, I got one yesterday. Oh, what was it? Uh, I saw a was- sticker on a uh, on a light pole here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and it said, Google Operation Paperclip. <laughs> uh, so hey! I took the picture and I said, thinking of you, Dr. Fantasty, which is Henry's. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Google Operation. What is Operation Paperclip isn't relevant today. Google Operation Paperclip. That's what the damn thing said. It's just like Google Operation Paperclip. It's very interesting. (laughs) It was a good sign. So I took it. It's on my Instagram. Find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, everyone. Thanks so much for uh, listening. And join the Facebook page. It's uh, kind of an exciting thing. Someone said I don't interact enough, but I'm busy, and then I do interact. Yeah, you know, when I just—it's just tough to do all the time. It really is. There's a lot of stuff going on. Every, every time I see you interact with a group, it's at 3 a.m. and you're like, "Do you people hate me?" Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The answer is always kind of. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a mixed response. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com.